It's time to hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. Elio Castro Neves wins the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500-mile race. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening on and off the track with the NTT IndyCar Series. Scott Dixon is a six-time IndyCar champion. How about that? This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Hi, everybody. Welcome yet again to our NBC Sports Audio Channel 211 IndyCar Nation Hour. We call it Brick by Brick. And my partner is in the chair and ready to go. TK, Tony Kanan, America's heartthrob. How about that for an introduction? Nice. I love it. I like that. I love it. You got to do that again live. This is a show that's in our normal time slot, but you and I are headed to Nashville. And getting ready for the uh, Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. We've got a hell of a guest list coming by live. Uh, We've got Jack Harvey. We've got Connor Daly, your buddy, uh, Elio. There's going to be so much to talk about. And it's always fun. Like Zoom, I love Zoom. Okay. It it has saved our industry without question in other industries during the pandemic. But when you can sit down face to face with someone and read their body language, TK makes a big difference where you're going in terms of a comfort zone. And quite honestly, sometimes you get some really, really cool nuggets from the person. I mean, Jack, obviously, you know that better than me. I'm new to this uh, journalism world as far as being on this side. But like since the pandemic, I mean, I heard a lot of people say, oh, we're going to be able to work from home. We're going to be able to do interviews remotely all the time. And I mean, as soon as we got back, you know better than I do. It's not the same. So I'm really looking forward for tomorrow. I mean, it's, it is our first show after almost a year and a half trying to do this thing that we're going to be looking <laughs> at each other, looking in, in, in somebody else's face and asking questions. It's a lot less formal. Um like I said, I, 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 when people start talking about that, I'm like, guys, this is not going to stick. I think, uh, you know, shows like this, eventually you want the person in there with you. It, it becomes so much more uh, uh, intense. You can see because the guy is there hundred percent right here. We're yeah. home. We're looking around. There is a computer screen in front of me. You got the kids running behind you. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm I'm really excited and I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, we'll get some, obviously a lot of the drivers are going to join us and uh, it's going to be fun. You know, we've been bombarded by emails from the music city Grand Prix people. And I mean, this has become in my estimation, this incredible festival. You know what? I came up with a name for it. Racing Woodstock. At 200 miles an hour. How about that? <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if, you, if you're aware of it, but at, at 5.30 before um, our live show, they're going to have a pit stop competition downtown. So whoever yeah. is in downtown, I'm actually going to be hosting that myself, explaining a little bit about the pit stop. Oh, so, damn. Uh, you know, I was going to enlist you and say, can we enter? You know, is. I mean, I wish. I Actually, I got the request to do it but then Ganassi kind of said no because they want to have the cars prep for the race and it was too much to change the pedals my seat and everything else for me no 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 no. you don't understand 
I was talking about putting change tires, on, putting you on the right front. I'll go on the right rear and we just got to pick up uh, two uh, other knuckleheads and we're good to go. There'll be a minute pit stop. That's not going to be a really good you think so. You it's know. only one lug nut. Well, yeah. And then uh, two very heavy wheels to put up about 50 pounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, yeah. with one hand. And uh, I'm not sure, uh, you know. I can see easy, you smoking a cigarette easy, right now. Easy, and your physique, easy. You know, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the pit stop competition. We've got we've got an incredible music sidebar mm -hmm. to this thing, and I wonder. And we certainly next week will be able to examine it far more. But I wonder if this is setting the tone moving forward. You know, in all of my conversations, and I'm sure you have them, it's no longer satisfactory to just put on a race. No, but Jack, I, to be honest with you, if you think about it, look at the street courses that we have in the series. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all up to that level. I think Nashville has a huge challenge ahead of them because Long Beach, St. Pete. Okay, Toronto didn't happen this year, but in Toronto. So I think over the years... The ones, the street courses that remain, because, you know, we talked with Tony Kotman in the, in the past in the show, how hard it is to build a racetrack, to build a street course and have the city. And I mean, how many people we talk on this show about, you know, putting this, this race together. So over the years, I think actually only the good ones remained. Because yeah. look at, I mean, I'm not, no, you know, well, Baltimore let's went go, away. Let's go to know? New Orleans. Let's go to Correct. Baltimore. You know, it, it, it became... To, from my observation, street courses became this new thing that everybody wanted to jump on board. But you could hire Tony Kopman and have a good facility to race on, but that's no longer sufficient. Yeah, but Jack, exactly. It's, you know, at the end of the day, the real race fan is going to care about how exciting the race is. The I new agree. race fan, it's about the event. It's about the experience. Like as a father, pretend I'm not a race fan. Pretend that it's just, I'm, I live in Nashville and then I just, I know there is an event going on downtown this week and it, it's race cars. It's fast, right? So you're like, okay, I'm going to take my three boys there. But just to sit in a grandstand with a popcorn and, and a drink and then just watch cars go by, it's okay for, I don't know, 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. And it's about I, what's I, going I on around. I mean, no more. offense, no yeah. offense, you know, no offense to the race. It's just, it's the reality. So to me, I think Nashville has everything to succeed because, you know, and that's what IndyCar does well as well. We have the fan zone. Okay. We're talking about, you know, now we're coming back to normal, but in a normal situation, in a normal race, events that are going around over the weekend are the ones that are important that will entertain you because nobody, I mean, okay. A lot of people do, but you're not going to sit there for an hour and a half on the sun just watching cars go by every one minute and 30 seconds, you know, so you have to have other things. So I'm 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 pretty sure Nashville has all that and more probably will be the best one, in my opinion, uh, just because, you know, the, the environment, the city and everything else. So and look, I, I watched the virtual lap uh, on iRacing uh, of the facility itself. You can you can maybe testify to just what the caliber in terms of as using an Olympic term, 
the degree of difficulty that's going to present itself. But pardon me, but it looks like a bitch. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's going to be really hard. I mean, not that street courses are not hard because yeah. all of them are. But this one is specifically, I mean, I can't wait. I mean, it's one of those things. Sometimes I'm sad that I'm not there, but sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, mm, maybe I'm not that sad. You know, you never know. But uh, it is, I mean, it looks hard, you know, so we'll see. In the meantime, in preparation, while all the teams massaged and uh, worked in their race cars, we had a, yet another test, this time up at Portland. And one of our guests. Actually, we had two tests, right? I mean, we, I know, sorry to interrupt, but oh, go they, ahead. also some guys tested in St. Louis. Exactly. And the Oval, and then the other guys went to in, Portland. In, so. Including, let's, let's first talk about Portland, mm-hmm. because the guy that was the fastest, one of the drivers for Aero McLaren SP, I had the chance to sit down and talk to him and his teammate, Felix Rosenquist, about a unique aspect of what they're going to be involved in that a fan designed the color scheme and the layout of their two cars for Nashville. But I'm going to say again, all right, that you can look at testing and you can get all excited, but you and I agree. And we kind of encourage the IndyCar nation to take it all with a grain of salt because it's a test. We, we talked about that at the other yeah. show. I mean, it's, it's guys, it's, I've never cared about a test as long as I've learned what I needed to learn. I didn't care if I was first or last. So, yeah, um, don't. Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it, to be honest. But I will read into the test at Gateway for one specific driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roman Grosjean yep. got his opportunity, had a lazy spin early on, which I'm sure surprised that you know what out of him. But your assessment of how he did in his first oval track test and shakedown run. I think he did pretty well. I mean, like it's like you said, the spin was, you know, I guess he's part of it, but he was lucky that, you know, you don't often spin in an oval and don't crash. And I think he was after that, they, they, they add some downforce to the car. They said the track was really, really uh, dirty in the beginning because nobody had run. So it had gotten better towards the end of the day. I saw his interview saying that, uh, if anybody thinks ovals are easy, they're completely out of their mind. So that's actually a good assessment as well, because people have a tendency to say, what's well, just two corners. You turn left twice and it's, you know, how hard that can be. So I think it did well. Like I said, I'm not going to read into lap times because that yeah. is, you know, we got to wait until we get there for the race weekend. But I mean, it was on and on, in my opinion, he had a good day. In the absence of racing at the IndyCar level, for the last couple of weeks, thanks to the Tokyo Olympics, I found myself attracted to and binge watched all three seasons of uh, Drive to Survive behind the scenes look at Formula One. And I must say, I now understand, TK, why we have so many former Formula One drivers in the ro- on the roster for IndyCar. Not only is it cutthroat, but I just don't think that a driver can really have as an an effective, positive input as they can in IndyCar. And I think in IndyCar, you can at least strap yourself in the car and say, I can win today. 
you can't over there in Formula One. It's decided in March and testing in Spain what you got for the design of a car. You can only squeeze so much out of it. Look, whatever people say, I mean, I, as a race car driver, I don't know. Like sometimes it's because you don't have a lot of options. Like you try to go to Formula One and you make the Formula One to mm -hmm. a team that doesn't win. It's just because you made it, but I guess it is. But there is no driver out there. They never, they might never say that out loud because they can't. But you're not having fun when you run 15. Yeah. You yeah. will not have fun. I mean, racing is about winning or about having a chance to win. It doesn't matter. You can spend years not winning, but you're in contention. Something happens, but you're there. You're there. You know, you're going to a race weekend. You have a chance to do it. And then, okay, 10,000 other things need to happen for you to make, to close the deal. So, and then that's why. I mean, then you see, obviously, they get caught in their, their own world, right? I mean, I did that. I made that move 25 years ago. And then it right. was hard saying, well, I'm going to leave my dream to go. And people had that perception that you're actually downgrading you know and 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 that it's not true we have the indy 500 that is nobody in this world that can argue that we have the biggest race in the world it doesn't matter oh formula one is more famous here nascar is big that is only one indy 500 yes let's argue that the other 16 races are not as relevant okay fine but we have that and The perception that we were downgrading, now it's gone because then you have people, you know, Montoya did the backwards or he went and then came back. So Nigel Nigel did Mansell. the same. Nigel Mansell, Nigel Mansell. Like, came here and, yeah. I mean, just kick everybody's behind. So now with this new era, Grosjean coming here and doing so well, a guy that ran dead last almost every bloody race there, um, it's opening eyes off other guys because they're like, wow. That's and he's having fun. He's a different guy. I mean, you you can see if you guys. I mean, you just said it. If you haven't watched Drive to Survive, not that I wanted to promote this thing for Formula One, but it, you can. Oh come on, TK! It's racing, and it exactly, you, and exactly. it helps you appreciate all disciplines of racing. 100%. It, it's it's excellent. Uh, and and just as a comparison, go watch and look at the environment. Yeah, and then just yeah. try to watch one IndyCar race, and you tell me if anybody. Anybody has fun there. Even the guy that is winning, it's kind of like they all look miserable. So I, I don't know. I mean, you know, as you say it, it flashes back in my mind that you are spot on. All right. So my next question, you know, we're seeing more and more guys that spent time in Formula One coming over to IndyCar, being happy, having smiles on their face. And oh, by the way, winning races. Who's next? Um, well, we've heard about Huckenberg, right? So yep. that's probably the guy that we hear the most. Um, I honestly don't think that is a lot of space, Jack, to be honest, uh, to have two or three guys, two or three new guys. We got so many good new guys, unless somebody comes with, you know, with a bag of money, which is not hard because if you think about it, right? A driver nowadays, today, in this day and age, if you're good and you have a reputation and you have $3 million, you can go race for Carpenter or Dale Coin because they have right. other incentives. Right. IndyCar helps them with the leader circle. With $3 million in Formula One, you probably get a three-inch sticker 
yeah, in a car. Williams, Williams that was ranked last last season for the entire season, they admitted a hundred and fifty million dollars. A hundred and fifty. Okay. So you get a, a driver that has a sponsor that backs them up in Formula One and spends just to be a test driver, Jack, in Formula One. Test driver. You, you just do a couple tests. Right. People pay 10 to 15 million dollars. And then they have a sticker in the car. So if you can come here and do a full season for three and this guy's saving 12 million dollars, I mean, come on. So and that's why. And I think it's it, we're gonna see more and more of that happening. And then you know. In a way, it's good. In another way, it's bad because, you know, some people, they're being extremely loyal. They have been doing this job for a long time here, following the, the ladder of, you know, the road to Indy might, might get the short end of the stick. All right. So I think, and I agree with you, you know, Hulkenberg probably is the next. Well, that uh, was mine. What's yours? Well, I'm going to give you my wish list rather okay. than the one. And it's just, I would love to see Ricardo over here. Yeah, I mean, I could. You know, I think <laughs> I think he would fit in. But, but you know what's gonna happen if, if that would if, if for that to happen, it would a swap was gonna was gonna have to happen, and I actually don't like that. You know, the swap would be Pato going there and Ricardo coming here, and I don't want to lose Pato, man. I mean, why can't you expand? All right, why? Well, can't, you can. They're trying to go to a three know. car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, Plus, let me tell you, putting you. And Daniel Ricardo in the same room would, We're be, worth, would be worth the price of admission. <laughs> All, right. All right. Would you would you not agree that yeah, in our current but also in our current roster of IndyCar drivers, you rank as the one that has, I'm gonna say, externally the most fun. Well, I don't know. I mean, Elio has a lot of fun too. But, he's he's uh, he's number two. Okay. He's number two. Okay. He's well, number two. I, I like to be number one. So yeah. I do have fun. I can't complain. You know, you know, and I and I think that goes to address as we've just been talking about, you know, the Formula One and, and the intense pressure and how nobody's having a good time. Your fun allows you to be a better driver. Yeah, but I think that should, you know, Jack, you, you, having fun makes you a better person true you know it's yeah. not just a better driver so i i use that not just because i love my job and i'm very fortunate to do i mean i'm pretty spoiled in life i've done everything i wanted it to do you know what i mean well you haven't won an srx yet well well that's happening it's next year we yeah still have, i understand and you've well, got an entire year to lobby or you know stewart and and everham to shall we say stretch the rules for one car yeah, well, you know, don't worry. We're we're working on that. I mean, I was, uh, there are some. Uh, let, let's leave it like that. We'll, we'll yeah. see okay. what's going to happen. Stay tuned, as they say. <laughs> you need to stay tuned as well because coming up next after the break, we visit with a longtime sports writer and now observer. Look, bottom line: if you're an IndyCar Nation member, you know who Kirk Cavan is. You're going to know him better after we grill them like a 4th of July hamburger. Oh, yeah. Next, here on Brick by Brick. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick on NBC Sports Audio Channel 211. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome back to Brick by Brick. 
here on NBC Sports Audio Channel 211. TK and yours truly, Jack Root, at the keyboard as the hosts, as the interviewers, as the guys that get to talk to our next guest. You want to talk about role reversal, TK. I, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm like, <laughs> damn, nice. Now, it's, you know, it took 25 years, but it happened. Kirk Cavan. Kirk Cavan questions today. Former Indianapolis star sports writer still offering up his opinions on everything and anything to do with the IndyCar circuit and the series. Hey, Kurt, it's good to have you on. You're a first-timer. I hope you're ready because TK's been talking about this and how he wanted to get even with you. Well, he won't get even, but he could, he could make an attempt. I'm ready for this. I can handle TK. <laughs> Go ahead, TK. Lead off. Jack, look, I, I, he's right. We'll never get even because he has like thousands of thousands of questions ahead of, of mine. But, uh, Kurt, first of all, thanks for, uh, for joining us. It's, uh, I was, you know, talking to, to Jack and Nate and, and the guys in the show, and they said they're going to have you. I'm like, nice. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, and, and that's I'm, not I'm, really what I'm, he I'm, said. I'm actually, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually joking. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously you made a huge transition in your life, right? So you were the guy that had to break the news. You're the guy that, you know, very well, I mean, we, you know, joking apart, but we create a very good relationship. I mean, I was invited to your daughter's wedding. I mean, we, I saw her growing up for God's sake. So how was that transition for you? Because you're the guy that actually had to break the news, right? You're the guy that, you know, I remember I had to pay so much attention what kind of question you're asking because I was going to get trapped into telling you something that I probably could. <laughs> and then we develop a relationship that, that I told you, Kurt, we can't say that. And we actually had that trust. I have to say now you're on the other hand, now working for IndyCar for IMS. Now you actually have to do the damage control of not letting the news that sometimes you have in your hands to go out. So to me, I'm curious to know how, how was that transition and how you're managing, you know, because you've been on both sides, probably you're the best guy for that job because you're the one that dig. Now you gotta, you're the one that has to bury until people need to know. Well, the real difference is this time, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, previously, a journalist is always sort of guessing. I mean, you're always anticipating what the next question is, what the next topic for the fan is but you don't really have the information. I mean, you think you do. And generally, you know, each day you find out a little bit more of the story and the story develops. And eventually you get to what the final story is. The difference here is I know what the outcome is usually. Um, at least I've been in the meetings where we've talked about it and therefore I can lay it out in a more timely and maybe a more uh, methodical approach so I guess that's the difference. And, and you just have a sense better of what you can talk about and what you can't talk about. And hopefully the fans and the readers that, that see my copy understand that, that I'm working for them still because they need to be entertained. They want to know what's going on. But hopefully uh, I, I've walked a better balance now of, of, of really understanding and knowing why things happen and then explaining it to people in the fans' context. I guess the difference is in your previous life, you asked questions. In your current life, you manage things. Yeah, is I that think fair that's, to say? 
That's probably true, but I've kind of morphed in since Roger took over, I've kind of morphed into more of my old job as a mm -hmm. writer. And so, I mean, Roger said, you know, look, you, this is what you're good at. This is what we would like you to do. I wrote a lot of the stuff for the Indy 500 program, a great story with Johnny Rutherford that, that maybe a lot of people didn't know about his artist work, for example, how mm -hmm. good of a, uh, an artist he is. And so I've morphed back into more of my writing role as opposed to managing people when I first came to IndyCar uh, five years ago. So this is kind of a more natural role for me, a storyteller. I think that's what I am at, at my core. I think the fun part of it is I've been less focused on news breaking, which is a very mm -hmm. challenging day-to-day -day activity. And I'm more of a storyteller. Uh, just did a, a really nice piece with Sam Schmidt, a really nice piece with Taylor Kyle. Um, but, you know, just, just storytelling about who the people of, of IndyCar and, and the Speedway are. You, you know, you just lit my candle because, as you know, I made my living for almost 50 years telling stories. But I wonder, from your perspective, Kurt, what are some of the compelling stories of 2021? Well, I think the, the, the shift in experience versus newcomers is the biggest storyline. I mean, I'm still, it still boggles my mind that Alex Blow is, is ahead of uh, Scott Dixon in the point standings this deep into the season. I mean, I expected Pato Award and Colton Hurden and, and Alex Blow to a lesser extent to be competitive, but I certainly didn't expect them to be championship contenders this deep into the season. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think the other thing is the way uh, non-IndyCar drivers, meaning Grosjean is a good example, have embraced the series, uh, Jimmy as well. And I think we're going to see more people realize that this is a great destination place. And I know we've talked about that in the past, but I don't know that the outside world believe that. And, and they certainly have come around to it, thanks to really the embracing by Grosjean and Jimmy, but, but largely Grosjean enjoying his time in IndyCar. So you just said it, right? If, if you and I sat down in January having a coffee, like we chat, we bump into each other and, and we have said, this is what this season's going to lay out. You're going to have Pato, you're going to have Palou leading a championship with a, like a real possibility of winning. We're going to look at each other and say, come on, this is crazy. This is yeah, not no going to happen, right? Yeah. Now, the biggest challenge we have now is that I feel like being outside and just being a race fan, it's people asking, who are those people? You know, because where is the Dixons? Where is the Canons? Or the, I mean, I think Elio winning the 500, don't want to take away from not Elio, but not Palou either, but, but Elio winning obviously was much better than Alex. Uh, I mean, it's just a reality, sure. nothing against the kid, you know, but... Um, you know, is that a challenge in your opinion that obviously we're building a new brand, right? Because like every, for so many years, as far as, I mean, yeah, when I got in here, remember we had our answer junior, Bobby Rahal, but, but also our names just started to pop up. But in my impression this year, am I wrong to say we had more of the new guys because you mix one guy or two, yeah. you know, is that a challenge you think so? Because people like for the old fans are like, wow, who are these people? And then are we getting new fans? Because it's like, wow, I'm a Palou fan. I don't know if you understood my question, but because I'm not a reporter, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. 
I think, yeah, you're going to have to work on your question asking skills. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're right. And I think that's been the beauty of this season is that, let's be honest, I've, I've told Elio and TK stories for, for 20 years. I'm about out. It has been refreshing to talk about Polo owning a coffee shop in Spain, to talk about Jimmy and, and this learning curve that's unbelievable. Uh, truly maybe the most intriguing season for one driver that I've ever had in this sport, just watching Jimmy, uh, you know, and the same goes for, for Pato Award and his story and his, his, uh, you know, influence in Mexico. So there, there are more stories. Yes, they're new stories and they're, they're stories the fans have to learn, but to some degree we had told all the Dixon and, and New Garden and, mm -hmm to some extent, Pagano and power stories, you know, we kind of need some new, some freshness. And, and I think that's been really good. And I, I don't think you can underestimate what Elio's impact was at the 500 uh, and the way he reacted and, and kissed Mario and, you know, all, <laughs> all the things that was, I mean, you and I, all three of us know him extremely well. And, and that was, that was, you know, most fans had never experienced a four-time Indy 500 winner. Exactly. It had been 30 years. Yeah. Uh, it had happened a lot very quickly after Foyt and Unser and then Rick, but it had been so long since someone had seen that. 30 years is uh, a lifetime in this sport. Well, and then think about it. I don't think we, the three of us here, we will see in this lifetime again. Yeah, I, I thought Sato, I really thought Sato might win this race again. I mean, he had been so good three of the last four years. Um, I thought Sato was the ch was the chance, but unless somebody else, I mean, I don't know who it would be at this point. You're right. It might be another 30 years. Well, Kurt, I would say that you have survived the grilling by TK, but I would also recommend that TK work on his questions. I agree with you there. Yeah, thanks, he guys. He's a pussycat. Uh, I mean, he, he's got these muscles and tattoos like he's a tough guy. But And I, I wouldn't want to wrestle with him, but I, could, I can take him in, a, in an argument. All I can say to the two of you, I was born to be a race car driver. Now I get the chance, and I'm lucky enough to do what your guys did your entire life. So, and you guys will never drive a race car. So, hey. you know. Hey, hey, Just hold on. It. I ran, I ran midgets and sprint cars and actually well, Jack, Jack, if you were good enough, you'd still be racing. So that means no, I'm 71 years old. It doesn't hey, matter. Look hey, at Mario Jack. Andretti. Look at Mario Andretti. Ah, good point. Okay. So, hey, so I suck. Yes. Right. TK, yes. I'm actually doing something that, that you haven't done. <laughs> and that is I work for Roger Penske. Ooh, but um, <laughs> okay. I'll work right. for Chip Ganassi. If, if this is a game of one up, <laughs> uh, the conversation recently that I had with RP when I congratulated him on his 50 years at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And we'll leave this segment with what I told him. Roger, you've been to Victory Lane, but I've been there more than you have. <laughs> Think about that one. True. Hey, Kurt, it's always a pleasure. Good uh, to see you, fellas. To seeing you Thanks, again. buddy. All right. Up next. I had a chance to sit down with Pato Award and Felix Rosenquist of Aero McLaren SB, and you will listen to it right after these messages. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick on NBC Sports Audio Channel 211. 
from the green flag to the checkered flag. We're discussing the hottest topics from the NTT IndyCar Series. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Well, I am pleased to be joined by a pair that literally beats a full house. That's right. They're the one-two Rock'em Sock'em combination for Aero McLaren SP Paddle Award and Felix Rosenquist. And guys, it's good to have you here on Brick by Brick. As I understand it, when we get ready to, you know, drop the green flag on practice this weekend at Nashville, you guys are going to be decked out in some brand new liveries. Tell me a little bit about this contest in this fan inspired design called the views design challenge. Yes. So, uh, so it's a challenge where fans or anyone for that matter can, uh, participate with a, with a design and, uh, the team will review it and, uh, and yeah, one guy named Jack has won the, the challenge and, uh, and that livery will be raced in, in, in Nashville. And, and we will have pretty much the same pattern of livery, but uh, different colors. Yeah. Kind of what we have going on this year, like with our original liveries, same mm-hmm. exact design, just Felix is blue and papaya. I'm uh, black and papaya. And we've got a, I mean, I don't know how to describe it, man. It looks like a very aggressive tiger. <laughs> really? I, I mean, yeah. I don't know what, what the word for like the geometric shape is, but it, it's, uh, it will definitely stand out. And, and <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen it personally. Have you? No, no. They're, they're on the truck, bro. Yeah, they're on the truck, but uh, it'll be different. It'll be cool. And I, I think it's always fun when you can bring something like that into, you know, it, it's cool to give someone the opportunity to design a car. I mean, when, 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 when else can you do that? You know, and uh, it, it's for a good cause and it, it's, it, it brings, you know, art into racing, which I think is super cool. And, and, and personally, you know, whenever you get the chance to have a different livery, it's, it's, it's always funny. It, it make, makes it like a special feeling for that race weekend. I feel like it's a very, it's very fitting for Nashville because it's, it's young, it's crazy. It's, uh, you know, it's well known because of all, of all its life. Yeah. And I feel like the, the cars represent kind of, kind of that. And I feel like they also represent kind of the tone that we want to set for the rest of the season, which is, you know, you, we're all, ba- we're basically going, you know, to war, especially, you know, for, for, from what I, where I see it, you know, we're fighting a championship. So uh, we all, you know, we're all there to win. We're not, we're not there to, to, to be chilling and see other people win races. <laughs> we want to do it. Hey guys, I'm, I'm still trying to get my arms around what I used to refer to as McLaren orange that you refer to as papaya. Okay. My, how things have changed since Bruce McLaren first ran at the Indianapolis 500, but let me circle back. Uh, you know, we'll all be pleased. And I know you guys will be excited to, uh, to welcome Jack Lapalooza, who is the contest winner with this views design challenge. But as you said, you, you don't want to be chilling. You want to be wide open in the chase for this championship. How much do you feed off of each other to, uh, to take it to the next level in this drive to the championship? Man, I feel like the biggest thing for us is we need to create the best package that we can uh-huh. in an hour before qualifying because – Sadly, qualifying is usually what sets the tone for the race. Unless there's a yellow that falls in your favor, then you can cycle to the front. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, man, you have to execute in qualifying if you if you want to have a good race. And uh, if you have a strong race car, you'll have a shot at winning the thing. So I just think as being as efficient as we can, I don't know what you think. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot about the prep when you have a completely new track. Uh, obviously, we, we tried it on the simulator, which is in, in this instance, very important, I'd say, um, way more important than normally. But it's always a bit of a guessing game. You know, we have one hour of practice. I'm assuming half of that is going to be under red flag. Probably. <laughs> circuit and I'm, I'm just ex- expecting it to be pretty chaotic. Uh, a lot of yellows and reds and stuff like that. So, yeah, not really much running, I guess. So, so you, you, yeah, we do the best we can to prepare and you, you eyeball a little bit of it and, and, and hopefully you're, you're, you have a good package and, and you, you know, I, I feel like we're both pretty hungry here. Like I've had a really tough year so far with a lot of, you know, uphill obstacles. Yeah, to say um, the least. Yeah. Yeah. And Pado is, you know, fighting for the title. So, so I think both of us are in a position. We just want to go there and, 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 and be in good shape. You know, Pado, we saw it where all of a sudden in a practice, you're, you're, you're lightning quick. Then all of a sudden it's time for qualifying and, you don't even transfer, you know, beyond, forget about the fast nine or, or, you know, you don't, you're stuck because the car just turned evil on you. I wonder, is, is it really indicative and of just how close the competition is this season that you can miss it by just a fraction of a second and find yourself all the way in the back, staring down seven or eight rows of race cars when they drop the green for the race. Yes, I think Mid Ohio is a perfect example of, of how tough it is. And um, you know, the, the guys missed a little bit in the rear pressures mm-hmm. and I didn't nail the lap perfectly. And we're 20th. We were, I think, less than less than a tenth from transferring, <laughs> but you know, we didn't. So man, it just it it, it really explains you have to nail like every segment it's not like oh let me just put in a banker lap and that's going to be good enough it's like you kind of have to like think that you're going to be going for pull for you to be able to transfer to the next segment wow. if you don't nail it and you're maybe one or two tenths worse than where you were you'll probably not transfer felix you referred to how valuable the simulator time was but i also got the sense when you were explaining that that maybe just a little dismissive because a simulator can only prepare you just so far and seeing this is the first time out. um, I mean, you're basing it upon, you know, 3d imaging and mapping and all of that, but it's one thing when you've got also some firsthand experience at the racetrack itself. So while it's valuable, how much has it kind of convinced you to say what you just did that, well, a lot of time is going to be spent with red flags because people are going to, well, for the lack of a better term, possibly fall out of their trees. I mean, uh, I think normally the simulator has a pretty big limit what you can learn from it. But in this uh-huh. case, when you have, you know, a new track for everyone and it's such a tricky track, uh, you know, it, it's not like any other track. You'll you'll see when, when the race gets going, it, it's it's a it's a very technical sequence of corners uh two really long straights uh not 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 really like any track we have and and i I, i'd say you probably take off 
like 10 minutes mm. of, uh, of tech practice time to, to have that already in your system. When you, when you show up, you know which way to turn, you know which gear to use and everything else kind of feels a bit more natural. But then you get to a point where it's the real track experience just overtakes that and, and becomes more important. But yeah, like if you can save 10 minutes, uh, that, that's going to be so valuable if you, if you only have, like, let's say, 25 minutes of green. Uh, so yeah, I think in this case, we're, we're both really happy to, you know, to spend some time in the Chevy sim and, and get, get that into our, into, into our systems. I've, man, I feel like it's going to be kind of like a, like a Detroit or Long Beach, like, okay, you know where it's going, but then you get to the real thing and it's just so violent and just so much more raw. And it's like, yeah. man, everything you learned in the sim just goes out the window and you have to set new references for everything, new feelings yeah. for everything. Um, you have to judge the kick back in the wheel just differently, depending on if there's a bump here that wasn't registered in the sim, like, man, I know how that goes. I, I we know where, where the track goes now, but there's still a lot to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, care to share with our listeners who was faster in the sim? Man, you? I don't know. Cause so I did it and then Felix did it and then I did it and then Felix was going to do it again. Uh, yeah. but I'm not honestly, I, we, we never since really, COVID, we, we like, we haven't been together. Okay. Yeah. Which honestly, we've been like off, boring. Off, off sequence. Yeah. We've been on the later visits. We always have like personal settings in the sim as well as so we have like different grit levels and stuff. So I, we never really compare against each other, but, uh, we say it would be fun to have like a head to head once and just go for pure lap time. Yeah. Well, well, maybe, you know, once we're finished and we all watch uh, these beautiful, as you described it, tiger-like color schemes from uh, the Views Design Challenge after Nashville, maybe we, maybe we can set that up a head-to-head and we'll cover it live here on Brick by Brick. We may have to delete some expletives over the radio, but I think we've got some technology to do that. Hey, listen, fellas, good luck. Can't wait. For Nashville, I know you can't. There's a lot of questions, but isn't that what really makes it exciting? Yes. Yeah. We're, man, we're excited. I think it's going to be a really cool event. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. It is Brick by Brick. Don't forget, you get to listen to this tonight and then be with us again when we are live from the Music City Grand Prix in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, a special event on brick by brick and you know for people that don't realize this was planned to inaugurate our uh relationship more than a year ago tk when we were in saint petersburg florida had it all set up we had all the equipment we We were there and we were there and we went through the rehearsals and then COVID 19 said "Eh -eh." So it's going to be our first opportunity to interact with fans for which I'm genuinely excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. If you missed any of today's show or any of our others, they all are available on the SiriusXM app, which is now being referred to as the SXM app, which I don't know why, but I have a terrible time saying it. So I go back to the SiriusXM app and it lives on Pandora as well. And it's time for my unvarnished and unabashed plug personally that if you want more racing news, 
with the stars of the NTT IndyCar series, but also including NASCAR and America short tracks, make sure you download my weekly podcast. That's Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel. Each week, in addition to our guests, I get to tell some stories, which is kind of fun. It's Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel, available wherever you get your podcasts and on the SiriusXM app. I spent an extended period of time with Tony Stewart. You know, and, and when you guys, like, download that, just send a request for him to interview Tony Canon because I've never been. I already have. Oh, you want to go back? Yes, I have. <laughs> that's why That's why you can go back and listen. And you know you are welcome at any time. I was kidding. I was kidding. But the Tony Stewart thing is for real. TK, he comes out with some stuff, including the fact that he thinks the industry is going in the wrong direction allowing kids that have not gotten their license yet to drive full-sized race cars. And he goes off on that topic and it's a little radical and it's certainly contradictory to the trend that even you and I and Kirk Cabin discussed earlier in this show. And that's that youth movement. So I encourage you to uh, take a listen to that and uh, TK Let's get on those airplanes. I am assuming you're driving. Because I'm driving you're not that far I'm away. Driving, yeah. So, you know, driving, bring the van because you'll have to carpool me and all the rest of the staff that will be there in person. Yeah, I have that, you know, the elevator uh, lift. So oh. I can, can put you in a wheelchair <laughs> when you're tired and I'll, I'll you lift go. you up. The score, ladies and gentlemen, on this show is Lions 4, Christian's Nothing. Uh, thanks to our guests, Pat O'Ward, Felix Rosenquist, and Kurt Cabin. Any final thoughts there, TK? Yes, I think it's going to be an exciting weekend in, in, in many ways. I think Nashville has a huge potential to be in the calendar for years to come, but they also have a huge challenge to make that all the eyes are on them. We had a break. Um, we had a very, very tight championship going on, so... Uh, but for what I've hear and in things that's happening in the city, I can't wait to be there and, and, and see. So uh, my final thoughts are, let's see after, you know, next week's show, I think we'll be able to determine, I told you, who are the people that are really going to go for this championship. And, and look, you've had the opportunity because you're part of Chip Ganassi Racing, who, by the way, will be uh, featured on my show, Wind Tunnel, in just two weeks, two weeks from now. But Nice. Ask, ask, ask him about me. I did. Okay. I did. Okay. I had to cut it because it was. It was cursing. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it really was. But I will tell you the one thing that I think we circle back in in future episodes here, we need to discuss. You know that he is one of the owners that is fielding uh, an all electric SUV in the Extreme E series. Mm -hmm. And he feels very strongly that in order to keep pace in the future, and we certainly have been teased by the officials about, well, they say hybrid slash electrification forthcoming in, the, in, in just a few short years. And he explains why in detail, and I'm interested. How do you feel about making the transition? Uh, obviously, you know, anything that you're changing major in racing like this, and you're talking to two old timers, which is you and I, Mm -hmm. um, my first reaction, I will be opposed to it just because we have a tendency to go back and say, you know, back in the day, back in the day, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but I look, you know, you go back 40 years ago, 
I mean, look, look how much, you know, we have improved. So I'm open for it. Uh, what I'm not open for, it's race cars that don't make any noise. That to me, it's never going to fly. So, But as you referred to us, and I think accurately, being, you know, further down the tunnel, so to speak, of life, when you talk to youngsters, when you talk to what is the most attractive audience to ensure that we continue as an industry, mm-hmm. uh, that's the stuff there. No, you have to go there. I, like yeah. I said, I, you know, I, I, that's why I, I start my, my sentence saying, I don't want to be that guy because yeah. you have to be open-minded. And then I think that is the future. I think that's the way we're going. Like anything new, you get used to it. But like I said, to me, I mean, race cars need to make noise. And, and you know, if you looked at Roger Penske's interview a couple months ago, he actually said that, that you know, they're not going, at least IndyCar, which, you know, you can say that now and then all of a sudden, you know, if th- that is a need and the manufacturers all say, this is where we want to go. Because at the end of the day, those are the people that drive this market. Right. right? We right. only survive in racing because of the manufacturers. A tire manufacturer, engine manufacturer. So let's see. I, I still believe that I, I don't see it, Jack. I, I, I might be wrong, but I don't see us, the entire world going electric and we never have gas anymore you know no, I, mean? I would agree with you there and i think you're right we have to follow the path that will be forged by the biggest stakeholders and they're not the owners certainly aren't the drivers they are the manufacturers all right before we run out of time pick your winner for this weekend oh dixon dixon all right so you know where, where i'm going i'm gonna go with his teammate alex below see but like people are gonna say that i i I'm always speaking my teammates, which is not true, but I know what Dixon did in this break and I would be worried if I was the rest of the guys. There you go. A little bit of a tease. Maybe we will visit with Scott Dixon. Uh, Thanks to our guests, Pato Award, Felix Rosenquist and Kurt Cavan. Remember the executive producer of our show is Andy King and the show is produced as always by the ignored one, Nate Lee. (laughs) Join us again next week. Won't you for Tony Kanan? I'm Jack Arute. Thanks so much for joining us here on Brick by Brick.